I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Incredibly, Star Trek has survived more killer blows than most creative franchises over its 50 years of existence. The original series was cancelled thanks to itchy trigger fingers. Enterprise was cancelled just as it began to find its way. And the movies developed a noticeable pattern of odd-numbered films being nowhere near as good as the even-numbered ones. And yet, the enduring quality of Gene Roddenberry's core idea and his vision for a perfect sci-fi show transcends the pitfalls and failures of what was made later in his name. Even now, a fourth film in the Kelvin timeline is being pushed by JJ's crew. With the latest film, Justin Lin's surprisingly excellent Star Trek Beyond, not doing as well as hope, and another potential Star Trek reviver about to hit the small screens, what better time to look back at the film franchise more closely? My name's Chris Thompson, and here is every Star Trek movie ranked worst to best. Number 13, Star Trek V The Final Frontier. Who would have thought that William Shatner's directorial debut would end up being such a d- Having cut his teeth helmet episodes of TJ Hooker, Shatner jumped into the Star Trek movie franchise on the back of three hits in a row and proceeded to help write a story that was a stretch too far even for the original series crew. He takes a lot of the blame for his part in the worst film of the series, and it's hard to defend him. The Final Frontier saw the crew of the Enterprise battling a godlike being with plans to destroy the galaxy, which must have absolutely delighted the church at the time. The story, which was problematic from the start, was hampered further by the 1988 writer's strike. For some reason, Shatner also decided to dial up the comedy, but struggled to actually write anything funny, with the exception of that one line. What does God need with a starship? Number 12, Star Trek Insurrection. Coming off the back of the excellent first contact, Paramount decided they wanted a lighter tone, seeking to make the sexiest and funniest Star Trek film more in the vein of the voyage home than First Contact's bleaker vision. As a result, they replaced the writers of First Contact with Deep Space Nine writer Michael Piller and charged him with making Star Trek Stardust. Thank God that name didn't stick though. Jonathan Frakes directed, and despite several stages of development and changes to the script, with the exception of a few moments, it's simply not very entertaining. There are some reasonably diverting ideas, like Geordie LaForge getting his eyesight back in Data's rogue status, but the tone is too fluffy and idealistic. And while that's always been a part of Star Trek, to have it come after First Contact and with Voyager and Deep Space Nine both vying for Trekker attention, it just wasn't substantial enough. Number 11, Star Trek The Motion Picture. You would have thought that having a decade to get their house in order, Paramount and the original crew would be in a strong position to launch a film franchise. Sadly, that really wasn't the case. The film's biggest crime is that it struggles to justify its own existence beyond the call from fans for more Star Trek and the emergence of another certain sci-fi franchise. It isn't nearly as cinematic as it should have been, nor full of sufficient spectacle. It also features a sentient robot cloud villain whose only real malevolence manifests thanks to it being bored. The film's production history says every 
everything about the issues you see on screen. It was the product of difficult circumstances, to put it lightly, as NBC attempted to get another Star Trek series off the ground. It struggled through several stages of development from there, leaving Robert Wise with a painfully poor, horribly imbalanced script to work with and no money to make it work. Still though, at least the blandness didn't kill the movie franchise before it even really began. Number 10, Star Trek Into Darkness. Star Trek Into Darkness is by no means a bad film. It's just oddly disjointed and it feels almost provocatively geared towards annoying fans. The film was hamstrung early by the painfully obvious Khan twist, which actually proved to be entirely pointless. The whole super soldier subplot could have quite easily have survived that callback, and it would have done the film good not to try to align itself with one of the franchise's finest moments. It also seemed to needlessly mess with the formula it was seeking to trade off, killing Kirk and saving him from the frankly ridiculous triple conceit and turning Spock into an emo mess. Plus, unlike Star Trek Beyond, Chris Pine's Kirk still didn't feel quite like Kirk. He was a more generic, flawed action hero, and that simply wasn't the same. He felt like a badly fitting shoe in a cast that was imbalanced and unfairly biased towards the more glamorous characters. Number 9, Star Trek Nemesis. Star Trek Nemesis is probably the most underrated of all Star Trek films, mostly because a lot of people say it's close to being as bad as The Final Frontier. In reality, it was hounded by critics who were done with the brand and ignored by an audience who had reached their limit. But revisiting it now proves the problems with casting it off entirely. Tom Hardy is excellent as Picard's angry young clone. Picard has the big movie role Patrick Stewart always craved, and the action is excellent, with a profoundly touching payoff when Data sacrifices himself. But just because it was different, didn't mean it was wrong. Unfortunately, it has a lot of sloppy details. The script is horribly cliched and painfully familiar. And though Shinzon is a great performance, he's not entirely a great villain. With a rope plan that could have been taken from a number of Next Generation episodes. It's not nearly as bad as it's proclaimed to be, but it's not one of the best either. Number 8, Star Trek 3, The Search for Spock. You really have to wonder what changed in Leonard Nimoy before the search of Spock became a thing. He'd only signed on for Rafa Khan if his character was killed off, but then he came back to the franchise as its director, looking to bring that same character back from the dead. It proved to be a shrewd move for Paramount, who took a cool box office figure from the third movie and impressive critical reception. And that had a marvellous way of getting around the fact that it robbed Rafa Khan of its emotionally charged ending. That being said, imagine the voyage home without Spock. Anyway, the less you think about that, the better, and luckily there's more than enough to distract you from the questions and the scientific iffiness. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode, and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Number seven, Star Trek 2009. With Voyager and Deep Space Nine well and truly finished and Enterprise mostly classed as an unfortunate failure, Star Trek needed something big to reinvent itself, and that came in the shape of J.J. Abrams. It proved simultaneously different enough and recognisable enough to relaunch the franchise and rekindle old affections. Obviously, there were teething issues, like Chris Pine not quite fit in expectations, but the film grossed considerably more than the rest of the franchise ever did, and it proved popular with critics despite the revisionist agenda. Number 6, Star Trek VI, The Undiscovered Country. After the dismal final frontier in 1989, the only way was up for follow-up The Undiscovered Country, particularly as Paramount could use the 25th anniversary of the series to draw more attention. The film is based on a Cold War-inspired story suggested by Leonard Nimoy. It takes in political friction, the quest for peace between two enemies still showing major emotional wounds like Kirk's murdered son and a good old-fashioned whodunit intrigue. Had it proved to be the last movie in the franchise, it would have been a good exit point. It is still entertaining, features some great performances, and remains memorable for some truly great moments like the prison break. But actually, most of the films that followed proved it to be better in hindsight. Number 5. Star Trek Beyond There may be a lot of action prompting the same accusations levelled at Nemesis, that it's not a true Star Trek film, but there is the stronger spirit of the original series in there. It might be another revenge plot, which the Kelvin timeline seems to have a bit of a hard-on for, but the idea of an old warrior balking at the Federation's eternal quest for peace is a great launching point. There are issues, sure, like Elba's performance being muddled and lost, but Justin Lin actually brought more Star Trek into his film than J.J. Abrams did. Perhaps that was because he was more free of the expectations to reinvent. And even the silliest moments, like the Beastie Boys' narrative importance, works perfectly. Of the three films in the Kelvin timeline, Beyond did make me want to see more from this version of the crew, instead of just jonesing for Star Trek set after the Dominion War. Though the same could be said about the mere thought of a Tarantino-helmed voyage. Number 4. Star Trek Generations Though The Undiscovered Country is largely classed as the farewell film of the original series, Captain Kirk was resurrected from an early grave to be killed off once again in a team-up with Jean-Luc Picard against another space thing, albeit with Malcolm McDowell bundled in. The film ends up being a changing of the guard affair, despite the next generation already being established on TV. Inevitably, having Picard and Kirk meet is a big selling point for fans, but the plot is a little loose in places, even if the drug allegory is pretty smart. Unfortunately, despite my love for it, one of the most enduring images of the film is seeing Kirk skiing to his death down the side of a mountain on a broken bridge. But at least there's balance in the spectacle of the Enterprise being destroyed to make up for it. Number 3. Star Trek IV The Voyage Home There's a good chance you only remember The Voyage Home for the whale scene or Kung Fu Spock, but to be so reductive is almost criminal. Having boldly gone where no man has gone before, the original Enterprise crew returned somewhere more familiar for the fourth instalment, America, in 1986. Once more the story comes thanks to Leonard Nimoy, who clearly wanted to put a humpback whale in a Star Trek film and build a framework around it. That could be the only explanation for introducing a probe cause and havoc because it only speaks humpbackies and is angry that it's not been answered. All plot issues aside, this is light-hearted Star Trek at its best. 
as Nimoy sought to entertain his audience more purely with humour. Shatner was so delighted with the whole thing that he demanded a pay rise and the chance to direct the next one, which worked out well. Number 2. Star Trek First Contact After Generations, Patrick Stewart expressed concerns that his Captain Picard wasn't being classed as a film hero. He felt he was still in TV territory and needed something big to change perceptions. What he got was the greatest Next Generation film, bringing in one of Trek's most compelling fearsome races and pushing old favourite narrative issues to the forefront. First Contact is not only the right blend of action and sci-fi, it also features time travel, which has always been a winner for Star Trek, so double points there. Having struggled with villains for the majority of the film's franchise, the promotion of the Borg to the main event proved inspired, and the idea of their queen, who develops a sort of infatuation with Data, even more so. It's just a shame the Next Generation franchise went so badly off the rails after this, as we could have easily got a couple more bangers out of the Frenchman. Number 1. Star Trek II The Wrath of Khan Star Trek II Wrath of Khan is champagne to Star Trek's tepid bathwater. Despite the expectations that sequels always fail to outshine the original, Star Trek II The Wrath of Khan joins Terminator 2 as the exceptions of that rule. The two are vastly different in quality, despite how much cheaper Khan ended up being than its predecessor. The franchise has done well to veterans like Jonathan Frakes and Leonard Nimoy in Hellman roles, but a newcomer, Harve Bennett, they found an unproven Star Trek gem who worked on a tight leash with a smaller budget and delivered wonderfully. It helped that they replaced a killer cloud space thing of the original with one of cinema's most recognisable villains in the shape of Khan Noonien Singh, who was played with an exquisite malevolence, a supervillain in the realist sense. And while the budget was smaller, Bennett invested where it counted, in story, and in doing so rebuilt the franchise that had faltered at its first step with a hell of an emotional punch at the end. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.